You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome to our show. This is a special episode of the Apple Insider Podcast, and we're talking with Apple Insider editor Daniel Aaron, who's actually on the ground in San Francisco and was at the Apple Watch keynote event today, March 9th, 2015. Dan, thanks for taking a couple minutes to join us. Yeah, sure. It's a beautiful day here. <laughs> yeah, I saw a picture of it. it I know beautiful. it's winter other places, but... Yeah, yeah, it looked very nice. Uh, so you were in the keynote. Looks like you had a pretty good seat up at the front. Um, what was the general vibe of the people there? Were people genuinely excited, kind of going into it, anticipatory? Uh, I think it was a typical keynote. Um, it was a pretty packed auditorium. Uh, I was right behind the... There's guest seating. I think a lot of the people in front of me were actual uh, Apple developers on the watch project. They stood up as part of the part of that. Um, and like I said, it was a, it was a packed situation. Uh, Tim Cook got up and introduced as they always do. They introduced the kind of a recap of everything that they're doing. And it was kind of funny every time he'd, he'd address something new, there'd be sort of a, <laughs> like this gasp of like, where, when's the, when are you going to do the watch? <laughs> but the things that he introduced before the watch were actually pretty cool. Um, of yeah. course the new MacBooks. And um, one of the more interesting things that nobody realized was coming was the the health-related research kit project that allows medical researchers to connect with a large number of volunteers to share their data. And right. they were discussing some of the ways that you can use that data to do incredible things on a scale that just hasn't been possible before. Right. And when, when, when Tim Cook started talking about it, it seemed not not to say boring, but it didn't like research kit doesn't sound very exciting. But once I actually started describing the kind of diseases that they'll be able to track and what they'll be able to do uh, with the iPhone, I thought it was pretty astounding. Did people seem pretty excited about that? Yeah, I mean there was a there was a big uh, there was a lot of um, applause for that afterward. Um, I, I've worked in research a little bit, uh, not as a researcher, but supporting people who do research, and so I, I have a little bit of. You know, I kind of saw um, what's involved in setting up research. I've also, I've also participated in research groups where you're um, taking an experimental drug or something like that, um, and it's it's a lot of work. And researchers have to go through a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of security involved because you don't want to be sharing people's information um, in ways that they don't expect. And Typically, that's involved a lot of paperwork and a lot of phone calling and dealing with. So it's just diff, it's difficult to scale to an extent where you're working with a lot of different kinds of people. And so what they're doing with the phone is not only getting more people involved uh, potentially, but also um, being able to collect more valuable data, more more accurate data, and more representative. Instead of asking somebody on a scale to one to ten, how much does it hurt when you do this? You're able to set up. Um, all kinds of sophisticated tests using all the sensors on the phone to have everybody kind of do similar things and collect on a stronger baseline of, of, of what that, what their responses actually mean, and then be able to use data across thousands of people to come up with, uh, find a lot of insights that you wouldn't normally be able to do. Yeah. I thought it was pretty amazing. And obviously it's, you know, it's good for Apple cause it will sell iPhones, but the research itself and research kit, I mean, not a huge uh, profit maker right off the bat. So I thought that was pretty admirable to put that much work and effort into something that's uh, really just to seems to help people really more than anything. 
Well, I think it was an offshoot of work with the health app, which part of health was, was um, creating a system so that people could, the doctors could have uh, their patients put in certain kinds of data and collect information on themselves. And they started realizing that there's a lot of research groups that have needs for working with lots of people together. And uh, so, yeah, it's not going to sell a lot of phones, but it's going to do a lot of things that are even more important than that. And I, I, one of the things that I was impressed by was, well, two things. One is they, one of the doctors in the video was in China, and he's talking about how many people have smartphones in China. And having just been there, I mean, the scale of population is incredible. So to have all those people, I mean, have, have just a huge population of people contributing data uh, could solve a lot of problems or, or develop more effective ways of dealing with um, some of the uh, diseases that affect everybody on the planet. And kind of in, connect, in connection with that, they also mentioned that it's going to be an open source product. So right. it will be something that not, doesn't just sell iPhones, but it actually is something that uh, researchers could develop apps that work on um, other platforms even. Right. So I want to talk about the MacBook real quick. Again, brand newly designed, a 12-inch MacBook, retina screen. Uh, this was something a lot of people were hoping for. We weren't sure it was going to come out, but they announced it. It looks like an amazing device, and you got some hands-on time with it. What were your initial impressions? Super thin, super light. It's um, Somebody was saying it's the same weight as two uh, airs, iPad Air 2s, you know, and they're already pretty light. So it's kind of like hinging two of those together. Um, it has a thinner keyboard, so the keys don't depress as much, but the keycaps are bigger, and they have a nicer feel to them. You found it pretty so, easy to type on? Yeah, I was typing a little bit on it. Um, there's all, also has the Force Touch keyboard that allows you to trackpad, basically touch anything. Force Touch trackpad? Yeah. Trackpad, right. So, um, when you Instead of selecting with the tap, you push touch, and it essentially basically does the default thing you'd do if you were doing a, um, a textual menu. So in the Finder, if you force touch an icon, you get a preview of it, whether it's a video or a document or whatever. It opens up in Quick Look. And in a variety of apps, uh, information like a, a contact or a... a Address would open up maps, documents, email attachments would open up a quick look. So it's kind of a handy idea, like you, a new type of gesture. Did you find it intuitive like to use? Like, were you able to pick up on the specific gesture right away? Um, yeah, I think I, I was kind of like used to two-finger tapping. Right. So it requires a little bit of thinking. You have to think about it um, at first. But... Um, it is kind of another way of interacting that feels natural and seems like it would be useful. Now, did you see in like the system preferences, is the force touch going to be something you'll be able to customize kind of like a three finger, yeah, two you, finger gesture? You can, you can set how much, uh, whether it's I think kind of a small, medium, large kind of amount of force to, uh, invoke it. You can also turn it off if you don't like it. Mm -hmm. And again, that's on the, the new MacBook, the, th the 12 inch retina display and also the 13 inch MacBook pro. Right, the other models haven't incorporated yet. Okay, and now the Apple Watch, that was what everyone was waiting for. The hardware is not, not really anything changed there since the uh, earlier event. 
uh, they showed off some apps which uh, look nice, like the Uber app, uh, opening your hotel room door for like a W Hotels and things like that. But obviously the pricing is what everyone was interested in. Uh, do you think there was any shock in the pricing, especially with the Apple Watch Edition models? Well, I think um, a number of people were kind of guessing prices and they were kind of in the right ballpark. The, the sport watch starts at 349 right? Right. Um, and the we we're, were discussing whether the larger screen would cost more. The larger model costs about $50 more across the board. Right. Um, the stainless uh, costs... It's five forty nine and five ninety nine for the two sizes, and it goes up to around a thousand depending on what loop. Because like the Milanese loop band itself is like four fifty, right? Well, I, actually, the 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 Milanese loop I think is one fifty, and then the steel link bracelet is four fifty. Um, I think I was looking on the Apple Store page. Yeah, there's there's an article up on the, on the site now. You can look at all the prices, but the the bands definitely vary in price pretty widely. Um, so you can really kind of jack up the price on those steel models anywhere from 549 to over a thousand now when he said the apple watch edition model was going to cost ten thousand was there any audible gasps in the room um i don't know how many people were shocked by that there were some people that didn't think it was going to be that much i think yeah um but there's such a range in the middle that Clearly, the gold is kind of a tip-off that, because gold itself costs money, costs quite a lot of money, right? Um, and it's very much a status thing. I mean, it's such a rare when you want to be fancy. And actually, for you know the rest of us, ten thousand dollars is a lot of money for a watch. But there's a lot of people that buy very expensive watches to where ten thousand dollars is not. It's not a shocking price. No, now there was there's no word on any kind of upgradability or trade-in when the new models come in. So, you know, from right now, if you get something like an Apple Watch Edition model and then a version 2 comes out with different technology or different sensors, I mean, it seems like you kind of just have to purchase a new one and try to sell it yourself. It doesn't... <laughs> I, I suppose there'll be more details later, but I don't think that the um, the people who are dropping $10,000 for a watch are really... We're all sensitive to price. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah, I guess not. But even, <laughs> or but even upgrades or whatever. Yeah, I mean, but even you know, you buy a forty thousand dollars fancy watch, you don't true. expect it to. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you know, you buy an iPad that's five to seven hundred dollars. You may get a new one every three years or something like that. I guess they assume people will just do that with the watches. Though I will say, since the bands, some of the bands are the larger part of the cost, especially with the steel models. You could just reuse your band year to year if the Apple Watch, you know, the face doesn't change. So that might help cut that cut down a little bit on the upgrade cost. And they didn't spend a lot of time talking about anything like upgrades, I'm sure, because A, they haven't started selling it yet. And B, um, you know, there, there's a potential for that. I think we talked about it on the podcast before about uh, the likelihood of being able to swap out the internals. Um, but again, it's, it's not as much of a technology product as a lot of the other things that we've seen from Apple and from computer makers in general, where everything changes every year. I think this could be a thing that, um, I mean, it's really designed for an experience. Right. It's not designed to have a certain amount of RAM. And yeah. And I think it was a little telling, you know, they didn't bring any third party app developers on stage to actually show off their apps, but the one person they did bring on in the watch segment, aside from Kevin Lynch, who worked for Apple, obviously, was the the model, 
the Christy Bush, uh, who she was showing off that she ran a half marathon in Africa with the Apple Watch Sport and that she's very excited about it. It's going to be a big part of her life. So of all the people they could choose outside of the Apple employee family, it was a model. So that might be kind of telling. Yeah, kind of a fashion angle. She's not just a model. She's also um, you know, an accomplished. <laughs> oh, many uh, things, many things. <laughs> many things, yeah. <laughs> yes. She has the, the, uh, the, the motherhood nonprofit that she developed, and she's also, you know, Time's top 100 and most influential people. So she, she definitely has a lot of stuff going on. Did, did it seem awkward, that interview between her and Tim Cook, though, on stage? No, I don't really think so. I mean, she just got back on a plane. I, I'm aware of what that feels like coming back. That's true. <laughs> I've been sleeping most of the last week. So, yeah, I was surprised she was still awake. Yeah. But So what was your, so lastly, what was your experience using the watch in the hands-on area? I mean, was there anything that stood out to you? Did you find yourself using that crown on the side to actually navigate certain apps? Yeah, so the... The crown, you push the crown, you get to the home screen, and you dial the crown in and out, and it does kind of um, things you'd expect, zooming in and out, photos, things like that. Um, navigating the watch with glances where you flick up, you go side to side, it's very intuitive, just being able to navigate around. And then also the button, if you click it once, it brings up your contacts. You spin the crown and you pick somebody and you can message them or you know, voice text or sketch message or send them your heartbeat or whatever. And then if you double click on it, you get... Yeah. I think that's Apple Pay, right? <laughs> you get something if you double click. <laughs> is, I think it's, I think that activates Apple Pay. Yeah, yeah. that's a, Apple Pay. So you pass right. up Apple Pay, and you can slide between your cards, pick one, and then you hold it up, and it pays. Right, right. So you can do that from the watch. All right. Well, Dan, thanks for just taking a few minutes, and um, we'll look forward to everything you're writing and taking pictures of in the next couple of days. All right. All right, and again, follow Apple Insider, Apple Insider on Twitter. Go to appleinsider.com and see all the news and articles about the Apple Watch event. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to rate us on the iTunes store. Leave a comment there. And of course, you can always email us, find us on Twitter, and uh, we'd love to interact with you there. Thanks for tuning in and stay tuned for later this week, the full podcast episode with the whole gang. Look out for that later this week. All right, Dan, thanks a lot. 